sun comes up I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back. Listen and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I got to see. I got to look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Welcome to today's program. What an awesome program we have for you today. We've got Joe Arview and Tony Mack together. And anytime you can get these two guys together, you've got an awesome CD. Joe Arview is an awesome singer, songwriter, and he'd love to hear from you. His phone number is 618-927-1986. Give him a call. Book him for your church or your Christian event or just order one of his great CDs. You'll be glad you did. And today... We're going to have Joe Arview opening up our program with some great music. And then Tony Mack has a powerful, powerful message that he's going to share with you about when the chains fall off. So here's Joe Arview. Well, are you ready to listen yet? Because it takes a song or two. Usually everybody likes to look at me. I don't understand that because my wife... Let's sing one and let's sing one and then we'll we'll listen. I am people, wayfaring stranger, traveling through this world of woe. 
Yet there's no sickness, toil, or danger in that bright world to which I go. And I'm going there to see my father. I'm only going over Jordan Well, I'm only going over to home I know dark clouds will gather round me I know my way is rough and steep Yet beauty has fields lie just before me Where God's redeemed the Jews keep I'm going there to see my mother She said she'd meet me when I come Are you still happy? <laughs> now you've heard it said how the wicked survive, and our God must be sleeping, or is he alive? Now the world may find comfort in darkness alone, but their day is coming, cause that light's coming home. 
Son born just today, and he's talking with Jesus while the tears run down his face. And he said, I've been a sinner, and I've walked on the dark side. 
But this boy I lay my hands on Lord I give to you tonight Yes, the fight goes on In this war we're facing It's never done I can feel that sword slice Through my flesh And the battle rages For righteousness Now I stand beneath my God Just a man of unclean ways With a soul that never dies But my spirit sometimes strays And my mind is a battlefield where the devil sends his man And he might win this battle But the war he'll never win And the battle rages Yes, the fight goes on this war we're facing, it's never done. I can feel that sword slide through my flesh, and the battle rages for righteousness. Yes, the battle rages for righteousness. You know, Tony and I go travel quite a bit across the country, him more than me, but uh, you see all different kinds of churches. And uh, if you watch the news, you'll get the feeling that we're not a Christian nation. I mean, you really do. and Because really, you know, the news is all about L.A., New York, and maybe Miami and Washington, D.C., well, you know what? They just a whole bunch of good old redneck folk that's still fearing God today. Amen? That's right. <laughs> we may not be a Christian nation. That don't make no difference because we're in the kingdom of God and he's the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. <laughs> however, <laughs> there's always a however. It was a little white country church Sitting on a hill They've only got two members The rest had their fill That fighting and the fussing Has brought the number down 
but the two old members are going to stand their ground. Well, it ain't what you think. Every (laughs) Sunday after Sunday, these two would come and pray. (laughs) And praying that the other would surely go away. There just ain't room enough for the two of us. Oh, dear Lord, if she don't leave pretty soon, I'm going to have to cuss. Every business meeting, these two would come and fight. Now they table every motion until next Wednesday night. The one thing you could bet for sure each spring and every fall. These two were going to have a revival like the Constitution called. And it's revival time. Can't you feel it in the air now? It's revival time. Get down on your knees and pray. Oh, it's revival time. You know we don't have time for pride. Can't you feel that real revival boiling up inside? Well, you want to hear the rest? Now the two old members I'm happy to report That the mission in their lives They finally would abort Well that fighting down at the church house Plain old just ain't right At least not for a deacon And a deacon's wife Here's a serious part. To the Lord be all glory, honor, and praise. But He can send a revival even in our wicked days. Sex, drugs, and alcohol, and homosexuals. But God loved two old members, and He loves the unlovable. Revival time Can't you feel it in the air Now it's revival time Get down on your knees in prayer Oh, it's revival time You know we don't have time for pride Can't you feel that real revival Trying to boil on up inside Can't you feel that real revival just a ball and up inside. My name is Tony McMullen. They call me Tony Mac, and I got my little wife here, Candy Mac. They call my mom Mama Mac. Amen. They call my, my granddaughter uh, Skylar Mac sometimes, and her name ain't even McMullen. Amen. They call my little grandson Chady Mack, and I mean, we're just the Mack family. And uh, I've been Tony Mack since I was a little bitty feller. 
But I want to share this scripture with you tonight, or this, today I want to talk about it. And you know, this scripture is very dear to my heart because it is the scripture that led me to the Lord. It is the leading up to this is the scripture that pierced my heart. And it's in Acts chapter 16. And I want to begin reading at, uh, number, at, at verse 13. And on the Sabbath, we, were, we went out of the city by a river side where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and we spake unto the woman which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple in the city of Lateria, which was worshipped God, heard us whose heart the Lord opened that she attended to things which were spoken of Paul. In verse 16, it came to pass as we went to prayer and a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. How many of y'all know that means that she uh, made a lot of money for the people that owed her, owned her because she could tell people's fortune. Or she could, she could talk about things that nobody else knew about in those people's lives. And the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. Wow. Y'all know what happens when you take somebody's money away? <laughs> they beat you up, don't they? And we see that's what happened right here. If you go on to read, what happened is they cast this evil spirit out of this woman. And because of that, they were angered because they took their means of support. And so they beat them, the Bible says, and they put them into the inner part of the prison. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that uh, whenever they beat these guys, they say that they beat them 40 times, save one. Because that 40 times might kill them. Wow, that's a lot of whacks with a stick, ain't it? And what I, what I love about this scripture, man, is, is when they put them into the inner part of the prison. The, in verse 22, it says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them, keep them safety. Who having received such a charge, trust, thrust them into the inner prison, the center of the prison. And made their feet fast in the stocks. In other words, they were chained, chained in. And at midnight, Paul and Silas praying and sang praises to God. And this, listen to this. This is what I've done this whole thing for. And the prisoners heard them. Do you know it wasn't about Paul and Silas right then? It wasn't about their beating. It wasn't about that woman getting that evil spirit cast out of her. 
It wasn't about any of those things. What it was about was somebody else getting ready to be saved. Now, we don't know what the other inmates received. We don't, we don't know what happened. But we do know the jailer, because they begin to sing praises so loud. And, and listen to me, if I've been beat up, one of the last things I want to do is sing praises. Amen? In fact, I'm laying there thinking of ways of getting even, usually. Come on, I'm going to be honest. But they began to sing praises to God, and they sang praises so loud and so sweet and so from the heart that the other prisoners heard them. And the earth began to shake. That's good praise. I don't know about y'all, I've had some good praise in my life, amen, but I've never felt the building shake. I've never seen the chains fall off, amen. I've seen spiritual chains fall off, I've had them happen in my life, but I've never seen chains literally fall off from praise, but I know it did it. You know why? Because that Bible says it did. And the prisoners, you know, the doors flew open, the chains fell off, the prisoners heard. Now, when he said the doors flew open, you know, that would have been my cue to run. Amen? Come on. Paul had already done the escape thing, hadn't he? He had already gotten away several times. Why did they put him in the inner part of the prison? Because they didn't want him to get away again. Amen? They didn't want him to go nowhere. And so they put him in the inner part of the prison. Paul being beaten and, and hurting. Man, I can just see him sitting on the edge of the bed. Man, his, his feet are in the stocks and he's hurting, man. He, he probably got holding his head in his hands. And, and all of a sudden, man, he's, man, old devil ain't going to get me down. You know what? This world has beat me up time and time again, but, but it, it Greater is he who is in me than he who's in this world. Oh, I'm going to do something out of the normal right here. Everybody else would went ahead and had them a pity party and cried, Lord, I was doing your work. God, I was doing what you wanted me to, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm put into this prison and I'm beaten. Some help you are. How many of y'all have heard that? And don't put your hands on, uh, hands up, but how many of y'all have done that? Come on. Many of you listening out there on the, on the highways. And it wasn't God that done that to him. But how many of y'all know God will take the bad things in our life, and if we will let him, he'll do something miraculous, something awesome. If we just turn it over to him and allow him. And as they begin to sing praise. I just see old, old, old Silas sitting over there, man. And, and he, said, he, said, he said, hey, Paul. Or Paul said, hey, Silas. Anybody ever run around with one, someone you didn't want to get pulled over with? Y'all heard me say that before. Well, that's what happened here. Paul's always getting everybody with him in trouble. Amen. Because could, you couldn't shut him up. You know, and I've been pulled over with guys I didn't want to be pulled over with because I knew they weren't going to shut up. We're going to jail if I, you know, if I got him with me. And so Paul, he wasn't going to shut up. You couldn't shut him up. 
He loved the Lord and he cried out, man, with a loud voice. And began to sing praises. Wow. Beaten. Probably bloody. Big whelps that were probably opened up. And he's sitting there, man, shaking from the rack of pain that is going through him. Come on. He was treated bad, both of them. Hey, Silas, what do you want now, Paul? I'm hurting over here. Would you leave me alone? And I, and I might be bum-rapping Silas. I'm, I'm sure by this time Silas was right there with Paul. You don't run with somebody and not get strong. Amen? So let's look at it this way. Silas probably said, yeah, Paul, what's up? I got you back. <laughs> what are we going to do now? Paul says, Let's sing. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's put the old devil under our feet. And let's sing to our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. And can you just hear them begin to sing, man? And uh, How awesome. Can you just put yourself there for a minute? It probably don't smell good in that place. It's probably dark and dungy and your future is not certain. But you cry out to the only thing that you know is certain in this world. And that's your heavenly father. And you begin to cry. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. We don't know what they sang. But the Bible said the other inmates. Can you just see the other inmates? They're the ones that have been whining and complaining. But they were guilty. <laughs> I'd say 99% of them done what they was in there for. Amen. But all of a sudden they're hearing these guys that they've been hearing about. Hey, that's, that's Paul. He used to be Saul. He used to persecute the church. Man, that guy had people killed, had people stoned to death. He's right here in the jail with us, y'all. That's a big guy over there. That guy, he knows God. Man, there's some things that have happened in his life. Man, and, and they got him over there in the stocks. They brought him in. They were beaten up. Hey, hey, Sam. Hey, yeah, Bart. Man, they just brought this guy in named, named Paul and, and Silas, man. Them, you know them guys everybody's talking about. They laying hands on people and they're getting healed. And, man, there's some of them apostles that were followers of Christ. They're right here in this jail with us, man, right now. They're right down there. And man, hey, 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 wait, shut up. Listen. Oh, Wow. Wow. They're down there singing. I seen them. Wait a minute. They were beaten. Oh, wait a minute. I seen them. They were bloody when they come in. But they're down there singing. Oh, oh, wait. Wait. The, the earth is, is shaking. 
Oh, Sam, my door just came open. My, my chains fell off. Sam's standing in the door. Mine too. But I ain't going to run because God's watching. <laughs> Come on. None of them ran away. None of them left. Why? Because they'd been to the show before and they'd never seen nothing like this happen. Amen. It's showtime, y'all. Come on. God's on the scene. And there's some great things happening right here. Hey, 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 jigger out. Hey, hey, here comes the cops. Oh, we're all in trouble now. Doors are open. They're going to think we did it. Watch this. I can't wait till he sees none of us have run off. Pulls his sword out. Going to stab himself. Because it was a death sentence to let your prisoners get away. Oh, wait a minute. Listen, that's Paul. What, what are they saying? Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> We're all here, soldier. Man, don't, don't kill yourself. What you're seeing is the hand of God. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I'm just saying what I would see in my sanctified imagination. Amen. Come on. And that guard all of a sudden seen the hand of God. Can you just see that? From going to thinking you're never going to see your kids again. You're never going to get to hold your little wife again. You're never going to get to sit down with your family and eat a meal. Life was over right then to the point where you're pulling a sword out to kill your own self. To where now you're seeing God on the scene. Hey, everything they've been saying about this old boy is true. And I'm witnessing it with my own eyes. That is a God. That old God they got me worshiping down there is made out of stone. He ain't never done nothing like this for me. You know that old God he's got me worshiping? <laughs> you know, he's never been somebody I could talk to. He's never been somebody that would listen to me. But this God right here, he showed up. And he rescued them. Wow. What might I do? To be saved like you guys. What might I do to ask Jesus in my heart and have what you guys have? Oh, and they were so excited. The Bible says they said it together. <laughs> Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved in your whole family, your whole house. I'm in. Guys, when I got saved in prison, I began to sing praises. I'd been beat up. Come on. I've got physical scars and I've got scars you can't see from prison. And I made a decision as soon as I met Jesus that I was going to serve him. That I wasn't nothing going to hold me back. 
And I began to sing praises in that prison. I didn't know too many of them. But I began to throw away the old eagles. And, and I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with eagles. Come on, man. I'm telling you, I love CCR. I, I used to listen to Creedence Clearwater all the time. Creedence Clearwater Revival. I loved them, man. They were, they were awesome. But they don't have anything on Amazing Grace. All of a sudden, this music became my life. You see, that music at one time was my life too because I was in the wrong place. And do you know that music never took me nowhere? Maybe to jail a few times because I got to thinking I could really do some of the things they sang about, amen? But all of a sudden, I'm a Christian, and this, this music is all about my master, my savior, my God. And when I began to sing praises inside the prison, I began to worship him. I want to tell you something. I seen the prison shake. I seen the prison begin to shake it up. Tony Mack, you're kidding me. There ain't no way that dude got saved. But you know what? People would see me. And they say, man, it's real. And God done a little shaking inside the prison. And I got out and God began to bring me back. So much so that they tried to get me out of it. There were guys saying, there's no way that guy could be saved. Man, he... One guy found out, man, I had went to a prison, led 27 men to the Lord that night. First night I went in there. Chapel was full. Two nights later, I went down to McLeod. The chapel filled up so much that there was standing room only. People sitting on the floor all up front. I made them come up and sit on the floor because they was all squeezed back there together where they couldn't even, you know, see or anything else. I said, come up here. I want you all to sit this is family. Lay down, do whatever you want to do. Just get up here and find somewhere. And we had service, and I'm telling you, the altar filled up. One gentleman got saved. He ran all the way back to his unit. He wasn't going to get saved. He was stubborn. Man, I thought him, I missed him because I was really wanting him. I talked him into coming to church early that day. Talked to him a little bit, knew a little bit about his life. And as I'm calling everybody up, you know, I'm looking at him and, He's looking down, but he's not coming forward. And pretty soon he got up and went out that door. Well, after I'd done all my work and I prayed and everything, I thought, man, we're getting ready to leave. That door bust open. That guy come running in, big tears running down his eyes. He said, I got all the way back to the unit. And the Lord told me tonight's my last chance. And he said, Tony, I just knew y'all was going to be gone. He said, please lead me to the Lord. And he got saved. The next day, now I've got, I've got them calling me from all over state saying, golly, Tony, you're, you're, man, God's using you mightily in them prisons. And I get a call from the director, deputy director, Bobby Boone. And he says, look here, I don't know how you got into prison. Me and him had a bad past. I whooped one of his friends one time. He had never forgot it. Another officer. And he said, I don't know how you got in prison, but you, you are out of here. You're not staying. 
You're not, you're not coming. I can't do anything about the rest of the state, but you will not be back to the Eastern District. That was both the prisons that I administered in. That was McAllister. That was so many prisons that I wanted to go to. And, and right there with just a sweep of his hand, he closed those prisons down to me. And some of them I was getting ready to go to, uh, uh, you know, a few of the minimums. Two days later, I get a phone call. Will you come down to my radio station? We've heard about your testimony, and we want you to give our, your testimony on our radio station. So I drive down there, and I gave my testimony, and I said, Sir, where, where, does, where does this radio go into? Where, where do people hear this at? And he said, oh, the whole eastern district of Oklahoma. You see, old devil tried to close one door, but God opened another one. And the one God opened was even better because I could go, all to, I could go to all of them at one place. They said, Tony, we're so uh, uh, infatuated with what God doing in your life. We want you to have a night or a service. You can, you can preach for a whole hour or whatever you want. And we're just going to charge you $25 a week. I said, man, I didn't know if that was good or not. I found out that was real good. And, and I said, well, 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 okay, we'll do that. A few weeks later, Kendi and I, we go by the mail. She was off on one Monday morning. And, and we go by the post office and we pick up a letter and we take off for the radio station. About a two-hour drive from the house, wasn't it, Kendi? that I had to go to every Monday. And we got down there, man, and, and Kendi can't read going down the road, but we'd been ministering, I had been, to a guy named Bulldog, the most feared inmate in the Oklahoma State penitentiaries. Channel 8 News, News called him the most violent inmate in the prison system. He had killed several men. He, he was a very violent, very hate-filled individual. And I had been ministering to him uh, on the radio, talking to him personally. He and I had been good friends at one time. And Candy said, you got a letter from Bulldog. And we're on our way to the station. I said, well, honey, we'll just read it when we get down there. And we got down there, and we'd done the church disservice. I began it by telling them how much my life had changed, but not just my life, Gary, how much our family's life had changed. And I said, well, don't just take my word for it. I brought my wife today, and I didn't even tell her I was going to do this. And I said, let me let Candy tell you. She looked at me like she was going to kill me. You know that look. You know, them women have that look. Amen. And I, I knew I was in trouble, so I didn't look. It was almost like you was looking at the cracking or something. You turned to stone if you look at her, you know. So I just slid that thing across there and didn't even look at her. It was silence, and I said, Candy, dead time, you got to get on there. And she picked it up, and she began to minister. And she talked about how much our lives had changed together. The kids, and how much every time I got in trouble, they felt it at home. Every time things happened that I'd done, affected the family. And... She handed it back to me. I was bawling. The radio guy was bawling. She had us all bawling. One guy runs in the, in the radio station. I almost tackled him. I thought he was going to get my wife, man. And he slides up to her on his knees. 
and said, please pray for me. He was crying. He had just driving by and was listening to us and come running in the radio station crying. Didn't he, Candy? And I gave the altar call, and we go out, and Candy opens the letter, and we read it, and it's, Bulldog says, Tony, I hate this place. He says, I'm tired. He said, this will be the last letter anybody reads from me. He said, I'm going to make the officers come in. I'm going to act like I'm having a heart attack. And when they come in, I'm going to start stabbing them. He said, I'm making a knife right now. He said, I'm going to make them kill me. Candy said, Tony, what do we do? I said, we can't call the police. We can't call the... If we do that, nobody will ever trust us again, Candy. I said, let's pray. So we began to pray. We didn't know it, but God was already at work. We watched the mailbox for three, four days, watching the news, man, because Bulldog isn't the type that just makes accusations. So anyway, we finally get a letter from Bulldog. And I opened that letter, man, and he said he was listening to the program that day. And that's when he was going to do it, right after our program. And he said, Tony, he said, I heard Candy talking about how it affected them, how it affected your kids. And he said, I've seen my family. And I've seen what I've done to my kids my whole life. And he said, I can't tell you how I felt, but it was like all the guilt in the world was on my shoulders. And the only thing I could do to make it right was to let Jesus in my heart and that he'd take all that away. He said, so when you gave me an altar call, he said, I gave my life to Jesus. And he said, I threw that old knife away. I put it on my plate and they put it in the trash and threw it away. Since then, we bought Bulldog three Bibles. <laughs> He'll get mad and tear them up. Amen. I ain't doing this no more. And the last Bible he's had now for about four or five years. They finally let me back into the, and, I, and I'm going to close here, finally let me back into the prison system on the east, eastern, but they would never let me in McAllister. And about six years ago, I asked every year up to that. I was always trying to get in, and the Lord said, Tony, never ask again. He said, when the time is right, they're going to come and ask you. And he said, then you won't have to worry. Everything's going to be fine then. Wow, okay, God. But that's kind of scary because in my way of thinking, they're never going to call, amen? They, they're afraid of me there. They don't like me. There's no way they're going to ever call. Bulldog kills his cell partner. There's some people that just, bless his heart, I, I felt so bad for him. But they moved the guy in the cell with him, and he... He and the guy got in a fight, and the guy was trying to cut him. Bulldog got him in a rear naked choke and choked him out. Thought he was asleep, actually tied him up because he didn't want to have to whoop him no more. And he figured out he held him too long in that choke, and he killed him. One week later, I get a phone call from the director of the Department of Corrections in Oklahoma. He says, Tony, I need you in over at OSP. That's McAllister. That's the walls. That's where I've been trying to get in forever. And God told me they would ask me. And I said, Mr. Parker, are you asking? <laughs> he said, you bet. And I said, okay. And I went in and they let me sit right outside of Bulldog's cell. 
And I held him and I seen Bulldog cry and cry and cry and said, Tony, I didn't mean to kill him. I said, Bulldog, you know the difference between this Bulldog and that Bulldog? He said, no. What do you mean? I said, the old Bulldog would have been standing up here and didn't care who's seen it. He told the guard, he stabbed an officer one time. They gave him 500 years and he told the officer, don't put that gavel down. I'll be back for another 500 as soon as I can get another one. This was the type of guy he is. But not anymore. Now he's weeping and crying because he took someone's life. He said, Tony, what if he wasn't saved? I said, Bulldog, you got to learn how to do better. You got to learn how to fight pride. But you know what happened? One day God heard a worthless individual that he had saved sing praises inside a prison. And the chains fell off. And the doors come open. Would you bow your heads? Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it does not return to you void, Father, but it accomplishes what you send it out to do. Lord, I know there are many that are listening right now, Lord, that want to make a decision to receive you today. They want to sing praises to you. They want the chains to fall off, Lord, and the doors to come open. So right now, Lord, I just ask you to help them follow me in this prayer to you. Father, here I am, a sinner. Come into my heart, forgive me for my sins, and be my Lord, my Savior. Shape me and mold me into a vessel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you. If you're listening to this broadcast, my brother Gary has recently had a pay cut on, on the amount of CDs and stuff that they're able to send out. He is not one to get on here and tell you all that, but I will. <laughs> he needs help. He needs people to help send money down here so he can continue to send those boxes all over the world, not just here in America. Those things go all over the world. And it's a mighty work that's being done right here. Please, whatever your gift is, take the time. You can slip it in an envelope. You can do whatever you need to do, however you want to do it. But I promise you, this is good soil. We hear testimony after testimony of things that God is doing through these CDs. I can tell you my phone rings all day long. People that just want to talk about what God's done in their lives through these CDs. No greater place. I like to see where God's working, where he's doing something, and get involved. So please, please, help Gary. Send a donation. 
He needs it. And we love y'all in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that whoever out there got saved, Lord, I pray you give them a boldness that they'd call up here and tell old Gary or they'd call me, tell, them they, tell us they got saved. We'd love to hear it. it. It just encourages us. We don't need it to be encouraged, but it's awful encouraging when we hear those things. And I know there's so many of them out there that these things have happened to that we've never heard, but Lord, you know every one. You see everything. So Lord, I pray, God, that you just help this ministry somehow keep going. Lord, that you just make a way. Lord, where there seems no way sometimes. And we're careful, Lord, to give you all the honor, the praise, all the glory, Father. It goes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see it afar For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet We will offer the tribute of praise For the glorious gift of His love And the blessings that hallow our days In the sweet, In the sweet by, and by, by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet, In the sweet by and by on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet, In the sweet by, and by, by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall meet on that beautiful shore All right, friends, if you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107, and we're going to end today's program like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell. And now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay, and he has helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level. Here's... Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. At the crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road in my hand was a track The preacher had read His word 
words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. Then I called his name. This chance would it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, broken-hearted and lonesome. So long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Shared the good news wherever I go. Yes, there's been a change. I'm not the man I used to be, and I tell everybody what's happened to me. How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past, but I called his name. This chance could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree, and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross, broken-hearted and lonesome. So long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree. I lifted up my heart from down on my knees. Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross. Broken-hearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.